We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. And here we go. The man open left side court. Touchdown! Yes. Touchdown! Yes. It's touchdown at 10 with Russell and Medhurst. Yes, sir. Hour number two already rolling along here on a Monday morning talking about the final four in the National Football League. Four excellent football teams should give us what we hope is a great doubleheader coming up on Sunday to decide who gets to play for all the marbles in the Super Bowl, in the greatest sport in the world, played by the greatest players. Alongside Chris Russell, Matt's on the other side of the glass. I'm Pete Medhurst, pleased to be joined as we always are. 10 o'clock, Monday morning, touchdown at 10 by our man Jay Gruden. Jay, good morning, sir. Good morning, everybody. Hey, Jay. Jay, your best player breaks his leg in the first half. He's he's your best player. You've got 25 to 30, maybe even 35% of your game plan planned around activities that involve him. And all of a sudden, he's out of the lineup. What the hell do you do now as an offensive coordinator? Because that's kind of the predicament Kellen Moore got put in yesterday against one of the league's best defenses as the Cowboys come up short 19-12. Yeah, it's tough, you know, especially if they had a major amount of plays and formations and motions to get him the ball out in space. And uh, You just have to throw those away and try to get Zeke um, a part of it and try to get CeeDee Lamb a part of it and Dalton Schultz a part of it. Unfortunately, he couldn't really get anybody. Uh, Dak didn't have his best game, and, and San Fran played typical good San Fran defense. Jay, uh, at the at, at the end uh, on that last series, I mean, Dak had a couple of horrible, wretched passes. One should have been a pick six. One was down the seam, uh, and he was open, and he, he badly uh, threw it to the outside instead of the inside. And then Dalton Schultz caught a pass, uh, along the sideline and and got knocked out of bounds. And the official kept ro- running the clock uh, and said, you know, um, the clock you know, keeps going. Be- and and um, uh, what's his name? Greg Olson said on the broadcast it's because he was going backwards or not forwards. I don't remember that rule really often being applied. Is that, is that a common rule that I'm just forgetting about or – uh, is that something that's uncommon from your memory? No, that's a common rule, and it's something you have to talk about with your team and during two-minute situations in practice. That if you catch a ball near the sidelines, you have to make a football move up the field uh, and get out of bounds for the clock to stop. If you go backwards or uh, towards your end of the field, uh, the referees will wind the clock. Um, I don't understand why that's a rule, but that's a rule that you have to continue to, to remind your players. If you want to get out of bounds, stop the clock. It's got to be up the field and mm. out of bounds. Jay, we talk about it all year in these segments. 
The difference between winning and losing many times is attention to detail. Twice late in the game, Schultz, lack of attention to detail. And not that they're, not that either play may have led to winning, but at least to give yourself a chance, time saved by going forward and then getting knocked out of bounds, making the catch or not making the catch where his right foot uh, looked like he could have drug it. He just didn't uh, in that situation. We talk about it sometimes as a cliche, but is it not true that that lack of attention to detail, especially when you get to this level where it's best against best, is a lot of times what separates winning and losing, especially in a close game like this? Oh, for sure. You're always going to come back and point to a few instances that uh, you just didn't make your best decision or you weren't totally focused in the moment. That's uh, just hard to hard to explain why. I mean, surely he could have drug his foot on that cast, catch out of bounds. I don't know if that would have made a difference. Uh, but the play getting upfield, that was a tough one. That was a good play by the defensive back who knocked him out of bounds. But there was other instances throughout the game uh, that you can point to that the Cowboys weren't on their best mental game <laughs> and they weren't atten- uh, paying attention to detail. Dak was thrown into coverage. And it's hard to fathom how that can happen this late in the year. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, outside of last Monday night against Tampa, and we haven't talked to you since uh, a- a- since that game. We talked to you before that day. You know, Dak had thrown a ton of interceptions down the stretch, including against Washington in Week 18. I think it was like 13 or 14 interceptions since Thanksgiving. So, I mean, it, it, you know, sometimes you go through, I guess, those ruts. I'm more curious – in uh, your opinion on the Dallas situation, because Jerry says McCarthy is, is, is safe. And, and listen, a lot of people don't like Mike McCarthy. I think that's wrong. I think Mike McCarthy is a fine head coach. I'm not saying he's a great head coach. I think he's a fine head coach. I don't think he's the problem. Although they are sloppy. But could you make – I mean, you're not trading Dak. I, you, you, you said last week they lacked the speed at wide receiver, and I agree with you, and, and we were talking about that in hour one. How do you fix this Cowboys offense? Is it Kellen Moore, or is it something else? I think you need to add some more uh, pieces to the puzzle. They get Pollard back 100%, um, you know, make sure they get their offensive line healthy, and then you got to add another skilled player, um, or there's a tight end to get down the field, or another speed type of receiver to take some pressure off the C.D. Lamb. All the good teams that are available right now, with maybe the exception of Kansas City, they're receiving Gordon great, but they have the best tight end in the league. But uh, the the Eagles, they got two dynamic receivers on the outside. The 49ers have two dynamic receivers. Uh, you got to add some more speed uh, to Dak's weapons. I was going to say, Jay, I think the, the roster has kept Dak from getting to that elite level. He He's better than average quarterback. I think we'd all agree. But to get to that elite level – you got to give him people that can help him get to that elite level. And I think roster construction, as much as anything, left side of the offensive line and assistance with Lamb. Lamb, we know, can go get it. I do believe Schultz is a legitimate NFL tight end. Uh, just a, a tough couple of plays yesterday. But other than that, you look around the league, Jay, the great teams, they've got multiple weapons in that position. And I just think the rest of the Cowboys receiving core outside of Lamb is, is just a bunch of guys at that point and if Dak's going to get to the elite level I think that's the biggest area they got to help him you, you am, am I wrong I, I totally agree you know when they add T.Y. Hilton who's you know seen better days as, as the speed threat I mean you know you got some issues with the down the field speed so obviously they'll address that in the offseason give that back a couple more options but still I think Dallas is built on the fact to be punishing football team. Um, they got to stay true to their identity and and make sure Zeke and Pollard get their touches out of the backfield 
Dak as much as you like him or hate him, I think you want Dak to be in the range of uh, throwing a ball between 20 to 30 times, not 40 to 50, um, because his inconsistent play will show and rear its ugly head eventually in the course of the ballgame. Jay Gruden with us, of course, former Redskins head coach, Bengals and Jaguars offensive coordinator, and the Bengals and the Jaguars both in the playoffs over the weekend. One won and one lost. We'll get to both games now. Uh, let's start with the Bengals, uh, Jay, in Buffalo. Uh, Pete and I were just talking about before you got on, three-fifths of their offensive line out, and they just absolutely dominated the Bills' defense. I know there's no Vaughn Miller, but they lined up and they said, we don't give a crap who's playing. We are just going to mash and maul you, and we're going to keep ripping off. And your guy, Samaj P. Ryan, was a part of it. Uh, and obviously, it helps to have Joe Burrow and all those weapons. I got it. But they just absolutely mauled them to death. Uh, we were talking about, you know, well, like the one game you guys won in Seattle when I think Trent and Morgan Moses and maybe somebody else, maybe it was Sheriff because he always missed time, uh, were not there. And you guys won a game that nobody gave you a chance to win. And you had no business winning. Uh, a, what do you remember about that game? And then B, how the hell did the Bengals dominate the Bills missing 60% of their offensive line? Well, I think the Bills are missing some people as well on defense. But, uh, you know, the difference is the quarterback, Joe Burrow, is, is amazing. And they were able to punish him on the inside. Um, Buffalo has been known to play a lot of coverage with their safety quarters and uh, safety's helping more in coverage with Chase and Higgins, which allowed for some light boxes and, and Mixon and P. Ryan took major advantage of it. And mm-hmm. they, they just pushed them around. They're getting seven, six, eight yards a clip on the inside zones and some of the one-back powers. So that was an impressive performance by the Cincinnati offensive line. They stayed in the lead, and then the Bengal defense did a great thing. Uh, that game in Seattle, I remember that. Yeah, that was. Uh, we had some guys playing. I didn't even know who. I had to put tape on the helmet and practice <laughs> on Wednesday to see who the hell they were. Teach a snap count, two minute drill on Wednesday and Thursday. That's, that's never a good thing. But yeah. uh, Kirk made some great throws. Brian Quick made a great play. Oh yeah, Josh Toxton, uh, Fat Rob, I think got a touchdown uh-huh. there at the end of the game. So yeah, it was a great win. Jay, the fact that Cincinnati just I mean, look when you have enticing weapons like Burrow and Chase and Higgins and Boyd and. Uh, the the like that they have. The fact that Cincinnati just said, hey, we're bludgeoning them right now with a run game, and you know what? We're going to come to the line of scrimmage with a bullhorn. We're going to announce it to you. We're running it, and they still uh, couldn't stop it. I thought that was the most impressive thing is that Cincinnati, Zach Taylor, and that offensive staff, they had something that was being successful, Jay, and they never tried to outthink themselves. They never tried to outsmart themselves. They just kept running it, and Buffalo couldn't stop it. Yeah, exactly right. And I think there'll be a time that if they did crawl up there and uh, try to bring the safeties down and and, then try to stop the run, I'm sure Joe had a little audible ready to go to throw a one-on-one to Higgins or Chase that would really gut you. Uh, So uh, they they really, really have it going on in Cincinnati with the ability to run the ball against light boxes. And obviously Joe Burrow and Jamar and Higgins and Boyd, like you mentioned, and Mixon, uh, great players and a great team. Jay Gruden with us. Uh, So, Jay, um, I mean, Zach obviously deserves a lot of the credit. I mean, two years ago, he was considered dumb, incompetent, clueless uh, by the media and by fans uh, after his first two years as the head coach. And then all of a sudden, he's a genius, right? Because he won uh, and because he got Joe Burrow and so on and so forth, that right? Helped. Yeah, exactly. I, I always laugh about that stuff, but I, I'm sort of being facetious. Uh, but I did want to ask you about the Bengals defensive coordinator, Lou Anarumo. You joke with us. Ah, I'm old. You know, I'm not going to get a – well, here's a 56-year-old white guy. 
who nobody heard of until two years ago. And all he's done is kick Patrick Mahomes' ass in the second half and in overtime in the AFC Championship on the road last year and just kicked Josh Allen and the Bills' ass on the road in a snowstorm yesterday. How come this guy ain't getting any credit? Uh, Nash, well, I shouldn't say any credit. How come he ain't getting any looks for a head coaching job? I think he will when it's all said and done, really. I think he has to on what he's done. I think they've done a great job personnel-wise. You know, Hubbard uh, has done a great job. They drafted him. They went and got uh, Hendrickson, uh, the free agent uh, from Florida Atlantic. They went and got him, and uh, they got a pretty good secondary. They've made Eli Apple into a competent corner, you know, which has been some good things. they got one of the best free safeties in Jesse Bates. they got linebackers that can run. So uh, he's done a great job molding that defense and, and also not allowing big, huge plays. Whenever you see Buffalo play, you usually see a Josh Allen scramble on a 50-, 60-yard bomb or something. Uh, Cincinnati limited that, and that's great discipline by the, the defensive backs and the linebackers, and you got to credit the coach for instilling that. Jay, on the surface, on the opposite side, the extraction of Brian Dable from Buffalo and you know losing a, a, a solid offensive line piece like John Feliciano, of course, went down to the Giants, helped that team uh, move on uh, to the playoffs. Those are things that people will nitpick at with this Buffalo team. But, Jay, the one area they've got to get better – when the passing game is not working, they have no alternative right now. There is no run element uh, in Buffalo outside of Josh Allen doing it himself. In your mind, for Ken Dorsey and that offensive side, isn't that an area they've got to find a way to improve on next season and give Josh Allen that passing game? Not necessarily balance, but just a, just a sense. Just, hey, we can hand it to this guy a couple times and maybe get a couple of yards to slow a pass rush down. Because right now, opponents know, more often than not, Josh Allen is taking them wherever the football is going, and that makes you very easy to defend, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, they are basically one-dimensional. The running game doesn't give them a whole lot. Singletary gives them a juice every now and then. Uh, he's got the ability to get outside. Um, they try to get uh, um, another running back involved. Uh, what's his name's brother? I forgot his name. Um, anyway. Oh, Dalvin uh, Cook's Dalvin Cook's brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. James, James Cook. James Cook. Yeah. A little yeah. bit. I think the lack of tight end presence. Dawson Knox is a good passing, catching tight end, but he's not really good on the interior as far as blocking, cutting off, or base blocking. That hurts him a little bit. Uh, but you're right. I think – no matter who your quarterback is, you got to have the ability to run the football, keep defenses honest. Kansas City can run the ball effectively. Uh, Pacheco's had a couple really good games. Uh, Philadelphia obviously runs the ball effectively, no doubt about that. Cincinnati runs the ball effectively. And when you lose that to one dimension and you make yourself one-dimensional, you're very, very much easier to beat in the playoffs. Um, switching to the Saturday games again, uh, you were last with the Jaguars a couple of years ago, uh, completely different offense, completely different personnel. Doug Peterson obviously had a tremendous year and look, they fought hard. They hung in there. They had opportunities, but is it, is it kind of a bad look in any sort of way to lose that game with Patrick Mahomes on one bad wheel? Or is it just, man, you just tip your cap to what they do in Kansas City and say, good Lord, is that guy superhuman? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's you can look at it a couple of different ways. It was a great year for Jacksonville to bounce back after a bad start. Um, they showed a lot of promise uh, for the future with the young quarterback coming to age. Uh, and some good receivers and a tight end. But they have some free agent, free, free agent issues. But when Matt Mahomes goes down, you got to take advantage of that on the road. And unfortunately, or fortunately for Kansas City, Henny came in and put together a 98-yard drive and right. got him in the end zone, which was a difference in the game, really. Yeah. Jay, how does I that didn't happen, think they Jay? they went after him, right? <laughs> right, Jay, how does that happen? Chad, Chad had... Chad hadn't played in weeks, 
and all of a sudden he rolls into the game and goes 98 yards. I mean, that that's just extraordinary to me that that could yeah. happen, especially on that stage. Yeah, you'd like to see him put more pressure on him, uh, put pressure on the receivers and, and get after Henning a little bit because if there is a weakness in Kansas City's offense, it's probably the outside receivers. Kelsey is a man. you got to eliminate him. I mean, to have let him have 13 catches uh, is tough pill to swallow when you can bounce him around and, and try to get people around him. But uh, Kelsey is a great, great player, and it's hard to stop him, but hats off to Henny. Uh, you know, w- one other guy that I think Pete and I talked about him late last week, and I'm curious on your thought, you know, that's kind of made a difference for them is Pacheco. Uh, he gives them a physicality in the run game that they – I don't – maybe I'm missing it. I, I don't quite know if they had with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I agree. He runs hard. And uh, he he can get the tough yards as well, and that's a, that's a big relief for a quarterback to hand the ball off and know you're going to get some chunks of yards. Mm-hmm. It takes the pressure off him, uh, it takes the pressure off the receiving core, and then the offensive linemen love it. So um, it'll be a heck of a game those two teams. Jay, I mean, I thought I was in the minority going into this game with the Giants and Philadelphia, but I thought both the Giants and Minnesota limped to the finish line a little bit. So somebody had to win that game last week, and the Giants looked good in doing so. But in terms of the Giants versus the Eagles, as long as Hertz was sufficient, uh, I thought Philadelphia wasn't going to have much of an issue. They did not. Philadelphia looked the part. They look like a club that we've seen all season long. There seems to be an incredible focus and incredible confidence in what they're doing right now. And they, they did not let the Giants breathe or ever think for one second they were in this game. I thought that was a great sign for Philadelphia after the bye week to come in and play uh, as efficiently as they did. Yeah, I agree. And I think top to bottom, they're the best team in the NFL. I think, you know, you, I said it a couple of weeks ago that the top four teams in the NFL are the top four teams. It's going to be tough to, you know, San Fran and obviously Philadelphia. It's going to be hard to beat those two teams and obviously Kansas City. And you can argue with Cincinnati and, and uh, Buffalo. Uh, but those five teams, I didn't see anybody, you know, in years past, you can see a seven seed or a six seed or maybe a five seed or even a four seed go on to the Super Bowl. This year, I just feel like with the Eagles' talent and the 49ers' talent from top to bottom, Kansas City with the quarterback and obviously Cincinnati, those are the four best teams by far. It's going to be a great, great semifinal weekend. No doubt about it. Um, Before we run out of time, the Commanders. Still looking for an offensive coordinator. They just announced they're going to uh, interview Eric Studisville today, or Studesville. I'm still not sure how to pronounce his name. Uh, today, the Miami uh, assistant uh, and longtime assistant. I- I'm just curious on-, on your perspective, Jay. How much, like, like if if Ron says to whoever the candidate is or whoever his choice is, hey, we're keeping our staff. We're keeping our system, our language, our terminology. We just want you to come in and make us better. Is that fair to whoever the choice is or whoever the choice? Does, does the outside person, assuming it's not Ken Zampezi, who's inside, does the outside person say, whoa, 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 wait a second. You can't ask me to cook the dinner and not have any uh, a choice in the groceries. Yes, I think the staff is one thing. I walked into Cincinnati, and I, I kept a staff there when I was with Bengals. Other than receiver coach, we hired James Urban. Actually tried to get Sean McVay as well and couldn't get him there. But uh, And then when I walked into Jacksonville, we kept a staff there. But I think the terminology's got to change for the coordinator to be able to call plays. I don't mm. think you ask a coordinator to come in and, hey, learn this playbook. No, it's got to be the other way. You learn my playbook uh, moving forward. Now I'll implement some of the things we're, uh, we're doing offensively. Obviously some of the concepts will be similar, and I'll try to – 
adhere to some of the terminology. So it's all not all brand new, but uh, it, the coordinator's got to call the plays. He's got to be comfortable, and they got to change it to what he likes. Jay, you've got a situation too for all these coordinators and the coaches on the current staff. I mean, rumors that Chris Harris may be heading uh, to Tennessee because you don't know how fast the ownership situation is going to be moving, which then affects the head coach, who's also the team president on the football side, making all the decisions over top of Martin Mayhew and Marty Herney. How much of a roadblock is that in interviewing these candidates, particularly because we have 10 offensive coordinator openings? It's got to put Washington probably closer to the bottom of the list, doesn't it, for these guys that are interviewing right now? I would think so. Yeah, it's hard to come in there and, and pick up your family and move, uh, get a coordinator job, which is a great job, and don't get me wrong, and, and uh, pays well. Uh, but to have the instability at the ownership and the head coach, um, if you have other options. If you don't have any other options, then take the opportunity and try to make it work and, and, and stay here a long time. Um, but you're right, it's a, it puts them a little behind the eight ball, but um, – you know, they just got to try to interview as many guys as they can to pick the right guy. Right, because you were in that same situation in 2019. I mean, a lot of people thought the writing was on the wall, and you were looking for a new defensive coordinator. And I know you went after, what, Todd Bowles and uh, somebody else. And, um, you know, you had a – I mean, quite honestly, you had a hard time because people thought you were, uh, you know, you were in trouble. And as it turned out – Dead man walking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was trying to be as delicate as I could. It's not your – I mean, listen, I mean, you you can be blamed for some things. You can't be blamed for the mess that you inherited, number one, and number two, that was – out of your control in Washington. I mean, I think anybody being reasonable, and unfortunately there are a lot of unreasonable people, and I know I picked on you at times, Jay, and had to ask you a couple of hard questions, but you're still my guy. I I realize the mess that you inherited and had to deal with. Yeah, there's some issues there. You know, I've always said it before. You know, I think uh, we try to keep this play on the field and not worry about the outer, uh, the naysayers and all that stuff. But really the thing is tough to overcome and, and – I will make an excuse of the injuries. I mean, you can't lose your starting quarterback right. and your starting tackle and your starting guard and your starting receiver and your starting running back and, and, and expect to do well. It's just take the quarter, take Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and uh, their starting tackles out of the game and Joe Mixon and see how they do. They wouldn't probably be in this position they're at. <laughs> Definitely not, my friend. Jay, appreciate the time as always. We'll talk to you next week. You got it. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Thanks Jay. Jay. I mean, no doubt about it. I mean, exactly. We talked about it. Zach, Zach Taylor's getting ready to get run out of Cincinnati. Yeah. All of a sudden, he looks up one day and he's got Burrow and Chase and Higgins and Boyd and Mixon. He's like, "Oh my gosh, what's happening right. here?" You know. Well, it's, it, it, I mean, Mike Kay, who is a longtime NFL guy. Wrote this yesterday. Oh, like like Zach Taylor was, you know, three wins and three wins, I guess, in his first two seasons. And now the second season was with Joe Burrow, but remember he tore his ACL right. here right. Uh, in mid-November against the then Redskins or then Washington football team. And all of a sudden, then he woke up last year and figured out a way to wire those those fuses together in people's backs. All of a sudden, he went from a village idiot to a savant. All of a sudden, he woke up and got smart. How much of a, how much of a how help do you think Brian Callahan is there? Uh, listen, Brian Callahan, by my account, every time I watch the Bengals, is a guy that – what's the best way to say this? Criminally underrated, just like mm-hmm. just like Lou Anarumo. Yeah. And, 
And that doesn't mean he'll be a great head coach. But again, watch that game yesterday. And you can't help but, especially the way they threw the pill on the first drive. It would have been so easy for them to say, oh, you know what? We can throw the ball all day. The snow, no big deal. We got Joe frickin' Burrow, Joe Cool. I mean, they went down the field three and a half minutes and, and boom, 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 game on. And they did and they did throw the football. I mean, Hurst had yeah. a, a huge game, had the second touchdown. They almost had a third. T- I, uh, listen, they threw the but Right, but, but once they got the lead, they shortened the game. Absolutely. With three-fifths yes. of their offensive line Shorten missing, the game they just that. kept boom, 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 yep. boom, boom. You can't stop. Scott Turner, no offense, and half of the offensive coordinators in the NFL would have been throwing the ball Grant Paulson style 58 times a game. Mm. Thought, I thought, thought John Madden would come and join me on the show there for a minute. That was good. Boom, 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 boom. That's boom. what Cincinnati did. Get the look, that, but look, we talk about it all the time, though. But once you get that lead... If you have that alternative like the Bengals did yesterday, because if you shorten the game on a team that's multiple possessions behind, panic sets in. We saw that with Buffalo yesterday. They were never never able to get back in the game. 301-230-0980. Let's talk about the final four weekend, what's coming up, and what occurred this past weekend. Your thoughts on the NFL weekend next. 301-230-0980. Your chance to shine right here on the Team 980. Streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. When you're watching these games this weekend, as we have for several years overall in this city, does it does it make you feel does how far away does it make you feel that our football team in this town is compared to these four that are playing here at the end of the season. Does it show you the Joe Burrow situation? Does it show you just how important it is to have that position taken care of? Because again, Zach Taylor was getting Zach Taylor was going to get fired. Okay, there are people who are going to run him out of Cincinnati. He was going to get fired. All of a sudden, 
Burrow comes back from the knee injury, looks like a million bucks, and the rest is history now. I mean, they're they're back in the AFC Championship game, proving last year was not a fluke. They've come right back here as a dominant-looking force uh, going into Buffalo in the snow. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase playing a little street football when they had to. What a great video game that was. Getting it done in the snow yesterday, and here they are ready to play Kansas City, who has been the standard in the AFC. Five straight. Five straight. Andy Reid, Andy, remember when Andy Reid was going to NFC Championship yeah. games in Philadelphia sure. and couldn't break through all the time? It was like five NFC Championship games in Philly and one Super Bowl trip, or was it six and one? I can't remember. I'd have to go back and look for the official was, number, but it was there a lot. I think it was five over a It wasn't in a row, but I think it was five total, one Super Bowl trip and one Donovan McNabb barf bag away I mean, from. I would, I you know, when you get into the discussion. When you get into the discussion of quality of coaches mm-hmm. and when you start talking about top fives, top tens, certainly have to separate them by eras, trying to trying to, you know, compare Vince Lombardi and, you know, Sid Gilman and people like that, Curly Lambeau to today's coaches is not really fair. But in this era, I mean, it might be Belichick and Reed. At the at the top of that discussion, hmm. I mean, how how far do we want to go back? I mean, because you know where do I mean? There's an era where Gibbs, Parcells, right. Walsh, Seifert. Uh, yeah, I I can't I can't, Tom Flores. I can't put Seifert in that equation just because largely. Didn't have the job long enough, yeah. but remember, did okay in Carolina too. It was like one in fifteen in his first year. I understand I mean. that, but I'm just saying. I mean, uh, if you want to, but I'm telling you, okay, if you want to go elite, Gibbs, Parcells, yeah. Walsh, Shula, Shula. I mean, do, do seventy? What do you go seventies, eighties as a group? Yeah, listen, because that's where that's where that's where you get into the Shula Landry. Uh, let me ask you this. Shula, Landry, Gibbs, Parcells. Before we go any further Walsh. on that, you know how we have trouble comparing quarterbacks of yesteryear to now because mm-hmm. there's so much different, more different throwing, yeah. you know, different rules, what have you. Is it fair to compare coaches from different eras because the game has changed so much? Yeah, there's no question. It I mean, is what, fair or what, it isn't fair? It's, it's not fair because what Vince Lombardi asked the Green Bay right. Packers to do in those dominant right. years of the 60s, um, ironically, was even different than what he asked Sonny Jurgensen to do in the one year here. I mean, that you, Bart Starr was nowhere near the airman that Sonny Jurgensen was. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's why those who saw that, and even when you talk to Sonny about it, Wish that could have continued, right? Because Sonny, Sonny identifies himself. He's like, I'm not a running quarterback. No, know? but the but the fact is that Lombardi was able. Sonny will tell you one of the best years he ever had in the in the NFL was that year under uh, Vince Lombardi, and you wonder mm-hmm. where that would have gone uh, because clearly, once George Allen came in after the Bill Austin disaster, that it was, um, you know, George was going to. Do what George did. Larry Brown was going to basically break his legs every game running the football, uh, you know, for this team. 
which is also why you know Billy Kilmer uh, w- was brought in as well. I mean, uh, that was that was as good a one-two, maybe at that time. Greasy Moral, uh, you saw what those guys did because Moral people forget Earl Moral played half of that uh, undefeated season mm-hmm. for the Dolphins. But mm-hmm. again, different style of game that we're asking teams to play. And I think now when we have these sometimes ill-fated discussions about greatest of all time. I think it has to be greatest of their era because the games evolve, coaches evolve, teams and organizations evolve, those that don't get left behind. You know, teams teams like Detroit and, and people like that get left behind. The Chicago Bears can't get out of their own way here in recent years. So that, that come to mind. But now... When we're talking about the the guys that are coaching right now, that conversation probably has to start with Belichick and Andy Reid at the top of it. Mike Tomlin enters the discussion because he's never had a losing season in the 16 years that he's been doing it. I think it was this day in 2007 when Mike was hired by Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin is number three on that list for me because of the longevity. And because every year you think that team is out of it and they fight like how that team got above 500 this yeah. year. I'll never know. Cause I, I mean, I, I watch a lot of yeah. their games kind of being a closet yeah. Steeler fan with Tomlin uh, outside of the Washington uh, football team here. But you know, at some point, you know, Andy Reed, all that dude does is win yeah. football games. Well, Reed, man. Reed is number two. And over the last, you can make an argument in the post Tom Brady, new England Patriot era. Mm-hmm. Three years now mm-hmm. that Reed is number one. You could, no question. I, I mean, I Results said that. To, that I said out. that to you last week. Yep. Results I mean, bear that out. You know, again. But uh, what? But what? What did? What? What? What did? What does he have in common though? He's got Patrick Mahomes. Well, sure. I mean, but but the one thing that I would say that, and I don't see it as much in New England these days as I used to see it. But maybe it's because I'm not watching them closely enough. The one thing about Andy Reid is he continues every year and by many era, if you will, to evolve. We've talked about this. In Philadelphia, they were a large running back screen team. Mm-hmm. Quick passes, get the ball to your playmakers, make them miss some. Brian Westbrook, you know, so on and so forth, right? Do Staley. Um, that's Adds what, something every week. Right. Formation wise, since going to Kansas City, wise. it's all of the eye candy. And and I I think a lot of that in Kansas City started when he hired the former Nevada coach Chris Alt, who had Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. at Nevada, and they ran a lot of that jet yeah, motion eye candy great. crap. That's a great point. And the shovel passes and the Houdini type stuff. And yes, making the move for Mahomes revolutionized what Andy Reid is about on offense. So if I had to rank. You know, again, even though Belichick and the Patriots have fallen off since Tom Brady left, they've only made the playoffs, what, one out of the three years. You know, I'd put Reed in one right now. I'd put Belichick, two, just out of deference to what he's done, large, larger body of work, and what kind of genius he ultimately is. And I don't think he forgot to coach football. Can't wait to see who he ends up with his offensive yeah. coordinator because yeah. – that I mean, that's well. I mean, Bill. O'Brien, I mean, they've interviewed Bill O'Brien, or mm-hmm. they've met with Bill O'Brien, and uh, I forget who else. But there, I mean, uh, Bill's Bill's confidence and ability in himself yeah. at times. I think I think that may have gotten the best of them this year, thinking that they could make that work. Yeah, 
with what they put together. Yeah. And clearly it was erratic at yeah. best. But I mean, they you would were think still, Bill O'Brien would be the best fit, yeah, being that he still had not at Alabama. on the door of right. the playoffs, right. despite all of sure. that erratic sure. uh, play on offense. But you would think Bill O'Brien is the best fit. A, he's, he's been there before, yep. so him and Bill know each other. And most importantly, he also worked with Mac Jones at Alabama. Yep. So, no doubt. Um, just real quick, I, I mean, we'll, we'll move on to, uh, you know, the games, and, and, and we got to get a bunch of calls. <laughs> forget about the calls um i um again circling back on the on the cowboys for a sec there's going to be um a lot of criticism for a lot of different people uh jerry jones dak prescott mike mccarthy kellen moore brett maher uh no no criticism do or whatever for dan quinn and the defense although i will say their defense did wear down in that second half there is no doubt that their defense was not as good in the second half as it was in the first half, right? Well, and, I mean, and not only that, but Kyle stayed committed yep. to the run game. Just it wasn't breaking off five exactly. point three per carry you know or anything. Was huge down the stretch, Elijah Mitchell. One hundred percent. I mean, I know he stepped out of bounds there. I got it. I know that was a boneheaded move. Elijah Mitchell was ripping off seven, eight, nine yards yes. a chunk, and 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 again, this all goes back to when you have that offensive line, and when you continue to lean on somebody and wear them down. And what do you say? What did you say earlier this morning? What did you? What do we talk about all the time? What did you say about uh, Scott Turner constantly? When you don't outsmart yourself, yeah. When you keep it simple, man. Yeah, keep it simple, stupid. Life, right? life is better when you keep it simple. Yeah. Business is better when you keep it simple. Look at Kyle Shannon in San Francisco and the fruits that were paid from that. Cincinnati and Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan, the fruits that were paid from that. Look at also the teams that lost. The Bills yesterday at home. At home against a tough defense. That Cincinnati defense is criminally underrated. I mean, Mike Hilton was all over the place yesterday. I didn't realize he was that good. Mike Hilton was Dominant in the second half. In that blitzing, run defense, screens, he was everywhere. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you're against a criminally underrated defense, you look at um, that, that's the game that, that jumps out the most. 19 carries for, I think, 64 yards at home in the snow. I know you were down early. I know. <sighs> I'm sorry. Ken Dorsey outthinking himself. Like I know Josh Allen's but, yeah, great, but, but I think I think part of it is is his personnel. That's another situation. Yeah. I think Ken Dorsey, like Kellen Moore, is a victim of roster construction because they don't have. I mean, look, Singletary's okay. Don't get me wrong. I, I right. watched Devin play at Florida Atlantic against us. Oh, he's an okay back. Um, but they, by nature and philosophy, they've built a roster where they have de-emphasized what they felt they needed at running back. But do you have to have a, a first-round back? Do you have to have a great back to be successful? No. I mean, no. I mean, obviously, McCaffrey is great, but it's the combination of McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell, I think. It's Mixon's great, but it's the combination of Mixon and P. Ryan that make it work. And Joe Mixon's a second-round guy. Yeah. So no, no, but but you see what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. it's like the tag team. Like you don't need Devin Singletary to run for a hundred. You need Devin Singletary and James Cook to have 25 carries to take pressure off of not only Josh Allen, but think about it: pressure off that offensive line. And that's what all these passing number nerds never understand. Offensive lines, again, you 
what Cincinnati did yesterday, amazing. I guarantee you, if they tried to drop back 45-plus times, what would happen? Even without Von Miller. Again, offensive coordinators and all these number knuckleheads out there that think you can just throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. And I know, I think I think it was you that pointed out last week, hey, you know, look, they won Tennessee in the playoffs last year. Cincinnati would get sacked eight, nine times. I, I got it. You, 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 you can still win a game. Winning that when, game, though, in Tennessee last year, the way they won it. We all, we all thought that, oh, the Bengals have to outscore you. The Bengals got to win 38-31 right. if they're going to – they're going to get through. No, the Bengals won 1917 yeah, there. They, right. They, and now it took a lot of turnovers from Tannehill and Derrick Henry not sure. to be right, but my point being is if you are if you are if you use common sense. And again, I understand people dispute the well you can't just run the ball if you're going to be running into a brick wall. I got it. But eventually, and you pointed it out about Kyle Shanahan, they didn't run the ball successfully a whole lot against that Dallas front in the first half. But what happened as the game went went along? You just keep, right. keep but just Brock Purdy. Away. Brock Purdy needs you to believe that the run game is possible because everything is based off play action. Yes. Okay. And if I know, like one the one time yesterday, third and one, Kyle made a mistake. He came out with an empty backfield. Right. Okay, on third and one. Guess what? Dallas knew they were going to pass. They were going to pass. And, of course, they stopped them on third right. and one because Dallas knew. That was maybe formationally one thing Kyle made a mistake That's on fair. the entire game. But same thing happens to Buffalo. Buffalo's got an empty backfield. Yeah. The other team knows, well, guess what? Josh is either passing or, or he's running. Right. So we can zone in right on that guy. Right. And it makes you much easier to defend in those situations. Well, there are people out there that tell me that uh, it, running has no impact on play action. <laughs> I mean, there are people that okay. legitimately believe that. Those if people I don't have are, a running back in my backfield, I, yeah. there, A, there can't be play action, and A, my linebacker does not have to uh, acknowledge a run play. Right. Those people are also drunk. They're drunk, but there are people that believe that. 301-230-0980. Your call's next. The Rooster has what's trending. All right, we start with Commander's News. They are going to interview today Eric Stoosville, the Miami uh, assistant coach, longtime NFL coach for their offensive coordinator position. If you want to hear what Jay Gruden had to say about bringing in a new offensive coordinator and terminology changes, language changes, and system changes, make sure you hit the Odyssey Rewind feature on the Team 980 right to touchdown at 10. Uh, and his thoughts also on the NFL Divisional Playoffs. Speaking of which, four winners from over the weekend, starting with the San Francisco 49ers. Last night over the Dallas Cowboys, they advanced to take on the Philadelphia Eagles, the number one seed who thrashed the New York Giants on Saturday night, 38-7. to Meanwhile, in the AFC, it's a rematch between the Cincinnati Bengals, who beat the Kansas City Chiefs in overtime last year in the AFC Championship. Can they do it twice in a row? Cincinnati disposing easily of Josh Allen and the Bills. Kansas City hanging on Saturday to beat Jacksonville. All the locals off tonight. Caps, Wizards, Georgetown, uh, Maryland, uh, Virginia Tech, all of them. They're all off. Nobody's playing tonight. And that's what's trending.
Locally tonight, a couple of good opportunities for you hoops-wise. Juan Dixon and Coppin State are here in the nation's capital against Kenny Blakeney and Howard over at Bird Gymnasium at 7.30. And on ESPNU, I'd love to go broadcast this game. Norfolk State tops in the MEAC at Morgan State. That's a 7.30 game on ESPNU tonight up at Hill Fieldhouse. So just because the heavy hitters aren't necessarily playing, Virginia Tech is, that's of course hours away, hosting Duke tonight yeah. at 7 o'clock. I screwed up. I, I forgot about the Duke and Hogan's Sorry, game. I, I mean, and, and, and of course the, the tonight, other local Tonight games. is a giant night in the MEAC. UMES, my guy Jason Crafton and company on the road at North Carolina Central. At, there, there, there are three humdingers in the MEAC uh, coming up tonight. Uh, and of course, the game on ESPNU with Norfolk State and Morgan State. You want to take you want to take two guesses? What's going to be on my television tonight? Uh, well, let's see. Tonight's Monday. That's going to involve wrestling, grappling, rooster Mon- off the top row. Monday Night Raw in Philadelphia, the thirtieth anniversary of Monday Night Raw. Wow! You know who's coming back tonight? The Hulkster. Ooh. How about this? Yeah, uh, uh, softball coach Virginia Tech yesterday uh, tweeted he had to he had to introduce uh, his players to who he made a reference to Hulk Hogan and he had to actually explain to some of them who Hulk Hogan was. <laughs> that's that's how long ago. Uh, I am a real American I, fighting for the right of every man. I believe, although I flexing my pecs as much as I can. <laughs> and boy, did, and boy, did he flex the pecs? No yes, doubt. I'm flexing uh, my pecs right now. You love them; they're sexy, all right. I believe. I believe. I would have to double check this. I should have done it uh, before the show. I just didn't have time. I believe uh, 30 years ago today, January 20, uh, I'm sorry, uh, um, 29 years ago today, Mm -hmm. uh, January 23rd, 1984, I believe was the day that Hulk Hogan beat the Iron Sheik in Madison Madison Square Square Garden Garden. to win the WWF Heavyweight Championship. I got to be honest with you. I got to be honest with you. It was a dark day for Pedro because as an Iron Sheik fan, Mm. you know, I just, I couldn't wait to see him get. Uh, Hogan in the camel clutch, but I knew as I got older and understood wrestling, I knew that America's hero was going to somehow escape the camel clutch and win the match. I knew it. I knew it. I was disappointed. I wanted the Sheik to win. It, It was indeed January 23rd, 1984. I was right. Hogan 30, uh, 29 years ago tonight. There you go. go. Won the WWF World Heavyweight Championship against the Iron Sheik with who in his corner? Uh, in the Sheik? Yeah. Of uh, of uh, uh, Freddie, uh, not Freddie Blassie. No, you're uh, right. The, you're right. Wasn't right. Freddie Blassie? Freddie Blassie. Yeah. At Madison oh. Square Garden. How about that? I thought for I thought for a while he was with the Grand Wizard of Wrestling too, the Sheik. But maybe it was uh, Blassie. Maybe I would have to double check that. I don't know. I told you once I participated in a wing eating contest with the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov in the Bushwhackers. Oh, right? dude, great! How great was that? Talk about. Uh, Did you finish fourth? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I didn't do well. Wings are hard to eat. Mm-hmm. I got Chris standing here. <laughs> Yeah. Hi, Kirk. That's Hi, Kirky. Now, now Chris and Kirk are both standing there. <laughs> yeah. yeah we're, both, we're both standing on the outside looking. Let's get a in. call in here before the break. Let's go to our man Little on line one. What's up, Little? What's up, Pete, Chris, Daddy Ice? How are you? Man, look, I, I, call, I call because I have a remedy 
for these Dallas fans, local fans, and the ones down in Texas. I was down in Texas in the early 80s in um, Austin, Fort Bliss, man. It's so hot down there. About 4 o'clock in the morning, PTs found Pete. Mm. 95, 100 degrees in the morning. But look, let me let me share this with the Cowboy Nation. First off, I know y'all don't want to get out of bed this morning. It's not for the children. It's for the grown-ups. <laughs> Got to get up in the morning, this morning preferably, because I don't know you don't, don't want to make a move. I know you're still feeling the pain. Go straight to the bathroom. Shave your eyebrows. This going to this gonna get rid of the Romo curse. Shave your eyebrows. Google Animal Farm Bakery. Now, there's plenty of them down in, te- down in Texas. I'm going to keep it clean. You order your two skunk pies. You eat the first skunk pie, and you save the second skunk pie oh. for the, the ones that ride around the city of D.C. and down in Texas with all 12 flags on their car. <laughs> and you smash that second pie in, the, in, the, in his face. And I'm going to tell you now, that's going to get rid of all this Romo curse. Because every time playoff come around, I reminisce, Pete, Romo fumbling that ball. This for Cowboy Nation, Cowboy Don, Cowboy Rick, Cowboy Ray. Look Clarence. <laughs> Doc Walker's boy, Clarence. Clarence. All of them. Look, go straight, to the, <laughs> go straight to the bathroom, shave them eyebrows, man. Then guess what? Don't forget the milk with the pie. And also, you got to watch the whole game replay over again. And then, and then you think about the four words I told you last week. Here we go again. God bless y'all, gentlemen. Stay up. I got to get to work, man. Little appreciate you, pal. Enjoy the day. 301 hey, I hope y'all use that as a sound bite. <laughs> Matt, Maddie, get on Here it. Talk again. about skunk pies, baby. <laughs> 301 is, is skunk pie? I mean, that that's not a real thing, is it? I, I think it's a little thing. It's a little thing. Yeah. Okay. It's a little thing. But losing in the playoffs is a big thing. For the Cowboys right now. 301-230-0980. Your call is final hour straight ahead on the Team 980. Streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts Baseball is back and so is MLB.tv Watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere, anytime, all season long Follow the action live or on demand Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.